Welcome to Momentum Church. As you can see, we're starting a new series today called Soundtrack. And with that, that soundtrack, that thing that plays in the back of your mind all the time, that, that the thing, you can't already turn it off, um, you can see from this little video clip that all that changed was the soundtrack. That was it. And it changed the feel of everything. And I'm telling you right now, when we can help you shift the soundtrack that's playing in your mind, amen? I believe that God's word being more evident on your heart and in your mind will shift and change everything about your lives. Amen? And so I want to kind of get started going back when I was young, 1985. I would have been 12, almost 13 years old. And um, I know, 1985, whoa, right, rock on. How many had an IROC? Anybody have an IROC? A Beretta? No, no, oh, yeah, no. Man, parachute pants. Okay, so when I was 12 years old, um, I was little. I mean, I, like, I, I know I'm not that tall now. You know, I'm 5'8", uh, but when I was in, like, 10th grade, I was 5'2". When I was in eighth grade, I was like five foot tall. And when I was 12, I don't know if I was four or six. I was little. And my dad had a great idea when we were young to move us into the hood. Yeah, we did. We moved from the country into the hood. And so here's this little short kid growing up. And as you were in the hood, you would go down to the park to play and stuff. And um, fist would be thrown, Right. And so as a young guy, I started fighting pretty young, to be quite honest. I know I look formidable. <laughs> and so by the time I was 12, I was pretty, pretty light on my feet, pretty quick with my hands. And, and dad was always sparring with me, you know, just he had like put his hands up and you'd punch him. How many did that with your dads? Yeah, yeah. I remember one time boxing with my pawpaw, just sparring with pawpaw. And my dad said, dad, he'll punch you in the face. He'll punch you in the face. Oh, I got this, Ricky. I got this. He told my dad. And, and sure enough, he got his hand spread, boom, right in my papa's face. He told that story for years and years. That time Ross Allen punched me in the face, you know. There, there's a picture of my dad and us as a family, and he has a cut chin because we were sparring, and he got his hands too far apart, and I got dad right on the chin. My dad, for years, Ross Allen punched me right in the face. And um, they were proud of that, you know. And so when I was 12, there was a day where all of us gathered up in our front yard, a bunch of us boys from the neighborhood, and um, one of the dads had got his hands on a set, a pair of boxing gloves. And it was going to be a pugilistic fanfare. It was going to be awesome. And so we're all there in the front yard, and they paired us up with kind of equal sized people to start and I handled the boys pretty easily with that were my age and my height my you know being smaller and now it was my turn to go after the biggest of the boys and his name was Steve and he was about 15 years old and um, he had to be a foot ahead taller than me at least probably a half a foot if not longer reach and um, long story short we get ready to box and as we start to box he does this What in the world, you know? He was going street fighter, you know? So he's got his hands all wide, and, and I get in like this. You know, I'm ready for this, you know? And so long story short, he has his hands wide. I got my hands close in, and he steps in, and I get him about two, three times right in the stomach before he could get me because I was little. I'm down here. He's swinging over top of my head. 
Man, he goes back like that. Next thing you know, I step in, and he thinks I'm going to go for his stomach. Man, I throw a jab. He goes like this. I start hitting him, more like hitting him like this. <laughs> I hit him three or four times before you I mean, just whack, 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 fast, you know, fast. That's a hard illustration to do with a microphone in my hands. And um, just bear with me. I've still got this cough, so I'm... I'm Try not to offend your ears this, this week. Last Sunday, man, I coughed in the mic constantly with that headset. So, this. But, um, man, I, I tore Steve up. Well, while I'm punching him, all of a sudden, now as a little guy, often in my head, you're little. You can't do this. You're too small. You're, I would hear that soundtrack. But as I started lighting Steve up, a buddy of mine named Jeff, he starts going, Rocky Ross, Rocky Ross, Rocky Ross, Rocky Ross. And I'm like, da 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 And I lit that boy. I mean, I, it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And um, you, can, you can go. We have friends here. You can ask Latrells. Man, I was like the little boxing champ of my neighborhood at 12. And um, I just, I felt like I could climb anybody. But from then on, when I would get into situations, if I was wrestling in school, it didn't matter what it was, I would hear in the back of my head, Rocky Ross, Rocky, I mean, on my wedding night. I have tagged it to thrill of the Rocky Ross. No, but that, right, baby? <laughs> oh, excuse me. But that was the soundtrack that replaced this little short, like I said, I was only about five, six when I graduated high school. I grew a little after high school. You know, I was just little. But I would climb you as a kid because I had the soundtrack in my head. Part of it was my dad saying, Ross, you'll whoop him. You can whoop him, Ross. I know you can whoop him. And then part of me hearing my friend Jeff singing Rocky Ross. But every one of us have soundtracks that play in our heads. They are the internal soundtracks, the internal words you speak over yourself. How many have some words you speak over yourself? How many get frustrated about some of the words? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things that are the soundtracks of our life, all that changed in that moment for me at 12 was a soundtrack. It just put life in me in that moment. And it's the same way those words that come over our life, Scripture tells us in Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Let me run that back and say it one more time. As a man, I want you to say, for as I think in my heart, so am I. Yeah, that, that's scripture. That as you begin to meditate on who the enemy, if you will, wants you to think you are. And doesn't he lie? Yeah, he does. Yeah, there's some divorce folk up in here right now. And the enemy has come and told you, you'll never, ever, you'll always be second class in the kingdom of God because you didn't make that first marriage work. That's a lie from the pits of hell. I don't know who that's for. I just felt like you needed to hear that. Amen? There's people in here that you weren't raised up very good. I mean, your mom and daddy didn't give you a good upbringing as far as how a loving father, a loving mother should show. And the enemy will lie to you and will come and try to get a soundtrack going that you're just like your parents. You'll never be a good mom. You'll never be a good dad. That is a lie. The problem with it, a lie except that it's truth has the same power as if it is true. And so in your mind, when that lie comes, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, those soundtracks that come, 
I'm going to bring a theologian to bear. Is that okay? Um, the theologian, the retired SEAL, David Goggins. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. <laughs> He's not a theologian. He's a bit of a mess. But I do love this quote by him. He says, the most important conversations you'll ever have are the ones you'll have with yourself. Oh, that's good truth right there. And talking to yourself. Because if you listen to any thought long enough, it becomes a part of your personal playlist. And here's the problem with that. Over the years, you've built a soundtrack about your career, about your relationships, your marriage, about your, your, your health. You've and it's so easy for our minds to go negative. I don't know what it is about the soundtracks we have in life. The negative bias comes so naturally. I mean, God wants us to have soundtracks believing in hope for ourselves and dreams that he has for us and goals and all aspects of our life. But the negative soundtrack, we are so biased toward. It just, it's like just a, a, a whole tape case. How many remember having tape cases? I'm not talking CD cases, children in the room. I'm talking tape cases. Yeah, remember those double-sided tape cases? And we have tape cases of soundtracks with broken soundtracks, broken messages of the enemy trying to lie to us. Let me define a broken soundtrack. It's the negative stories that you tell yourself about yourself and your world. That's what a broken soundtrack is. And if you're honest with yourself, it don't take a whole lot to press play on broken soundtracks. Don't they just almost play automatically? How many right now, raise your hand, if there's a soundtrack, a negative soundtrack, that at times, even today already, it has plagued you, raise your hand. See, every one of us. You know why? Because you all are all thinkers. It's because you all have a brain, right? If you have a brain, this is how the enemy is going to work. Because he knows, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so today I'm going to be breaking this principle down. And then over the next three weeks, we're going to take practical application of this principle and show you how to think right. Amen? How to get our brains this year engaged for what God has for us. Because that broken soundtrack that plays automatic, it shows up without invitation. I didn't invite you, you lying devil. I didn't invite you to the party, and now all I hear is this lie that you're speaking over my life. I didn't invite you, but you want to party with me. I don't get it. That's that soundtrack. And we can pick any subject. I'm going to pick the subject of a job. Is that okay? Let's do that. So the soundtrack could sound like this. A broken soundtrack in the relationship of your workplace could be the soundtrack of entitlement. I shouldn't have to do this kind of work. This kind of work I have my hands involved with, this is beneath me. I shouldn't be having to do this. I'm not asking you to raise your hand anymore. I don't want to implicate anyone, right? <laughs> but that is a broken soundtrack in regards to employment. Maybe it comes across as regret. <clears throat> Man, I should never quit that last job. That last job I had, oh, what was I thinking? Now I have two jobs trying to make ends meet. What was I thinking? And so you have this soundtrack every day going to work, but every day, regret, regret, regret. Maybe you're a businessman, 
And it's not so much working for somebody else, but, oh, man, you fear. There's fear that grips you. What, what if the economy collapses again? What, what if we go through economic hard times again? And some of you in the room are going, we are. We are. You know? And that fear grips you. Maybe for others, it was blame. You lost your job. And it comes to your mind like, it's not my fault I lost my job. Life is so unfair. I always get the raw deal. Well, that's a horrible soundtrack. I always get the raw deal. I always get the raw deal. I always get the raw deal. But that's how that sounds. Maybe for you, it's just resignation. There will never be anything I can do any better than this. This will never change. My parents were right. I should have done this. I should have done that. And there's just a sense of resignation. Maybe with resignation, after a little bit, comes comparison. And that soundtrack comes. The more, I'm more trained than that guy down there. I have more talent than that guy down there. I, I, why aren't I the one? Why am I not being promoted? And this schmo over here is getting promoted? And so you have this sense of comparison. Those are all those negative soundtracks that rise up in our minds, you know. And the thing about it is you need to recognize what your thoughts are. And at their core, they are basically the soundtrack of your life. That's really what it is. It's the soundtracks of your life, you know. Your thoughts, what they do is they empower your actions. And then your actions generate Results. It's just the way life is. We think, we do, we see an outcome. And, I, and I'll be honest, one of my negative soundtracks has hit me all week. What's this have to do with the gospel? How many know your preacher's a, a gospel preacher, amen? How many know I love the word of God? We, we choke you with scripture, amen? And all week long I'm like, Man, God, I don't want this to be some self-help sermon. I don't, I don't want this to be borderline humanism. I had to fight that all week. And the Lord's like, no, there is word that teaches this. This world has stolen this from me. And has sold books and conferences and praised people's names because of it. But these principles are my principles. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. All right, Lord. Help my heart then. Help my heart. But that, I'm just being honest. That's where my soundtrack was this week. Amen. Nobel Prize winner Daniel Kahneman, he defines this idea that you think you act and then it brings results. He defines that as priming. How many heard the term priming before? Priming, yeah. And so basically it's just the idea that if an, a thought will bring forth an action, then that action brings forth a thought. And that thought brings forth an action, and that action brings forth a thought. And it becomes this cycle. It becomes an idea, uh, uh, idea motor effect. It just continues and continues. And actually, to be honest, this is one of the ways that people do tricks. They get your mind thinking one thing while they're doing another thing, you know. And your brain just follows the action, you know, follows the thought where it wants to take you. And so your thoughts and your ideas, they influence your actions, your actions influence your thoughts. That's why it is so important for us to replace the broken soundtracks in our lives. All right? Now, over the next three weeks, today I'm going to teach you a principle. Over the next three weeks, we're going to look very practically at replacing some of the broken soundtracks in regards next week to defeat and victory. 
following week, sin and temptation and overcoming. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many sinners in the house? Everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> I know who I pastor. <laughs> and then finally, we're going to be looking at anxiety and peace, you know, torment and peace. And how we use God's word to help us reframe and create a new soundtrack. But today what I want to look at is replacing these broken soundtracks. Um, and I want to look at three actions that you need to do to change the soundtracks of your life. And y'all are just going to have to be patient with me because i got to take care of some, some business. My wife, she said, what are you doing? I said, I got two towels today. I got a gray one from my nose and a black one from my face. See, I'm smart. And so, gray one first. to, number one, retire your broken soundtracks. So this is the first of three actions to change soundtracks of your life. And I want you to do something. <clears throat> I want you to ask yourself this week, like tomorrow with a notebook in hand, we're fasting. That means we're seeking God's face. So while you're seeking his face with a notebook in the Bible in hand, I want you to ask Jesus, what are the three loudest soundtracks that I let play in my mind? And then write them down. What are the three loudest soundtracks that I let play in my mind. Now, tomorrow you'll have time to think about that. Right now, you know what that loudest one is. It's already in your mind. So I want you to keep that in your head as we talk today, okay? So what is that loudest soundtrack that plays in your mind so often? And what I want you to do when you retire it, you're going to ask three questions to help you decide, does this thought stay or does this thought go? And the first question is, is it true? Is it true? The soundtrack, is it true? Now, the thing about soundtracks, they love to play in absolutes. They traffic in absolutes. The soundtracks of your mind, it's always this way. It's never that way. It'll continue to forever be, right? They play in the absolutes. So when it comes to truths, can you say, yes, this is an absolute truth or not? And most of the time, those negative soundtracks have partial truth at play. All right? And then the enemy uses those partial truths. And so that's one of the greatest mistakes that you can make in life is assuming that all your thoughts are true. They're not. I, I have a thought that has been a reoccurring soundtrack in my life forever, and it goes like this. I can't have anything nice. <laughs> Ever since I was a little boy. I don't know if it's the ADHD. I don't know what it is, but things are not safe in my hands. I break things, I drop things, I'm, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so with that, I'm always saying, I mean, I've been saying that for years, something, I'll have something, and all of a sudden, oh, the screen's cracked. <sighs> I can't have anything nice. Don't you know that shapes a lot of the way I look at things in life? Yeah, it does. It puts a negative slant on things. 
It messes my stewardship up. It messes up my value sometimes in things. And, and so with that, that's a lie. There's partial truth in that. Yes, I am clumsy. Don't tell me I am. I'll punch you. No, but I am. But there's partial truth, but no, no, it's not all true. And so that's the first question you're going to ask to retire that broken soundtrack. Is it true? The second question you're going to ask is, is this thought helpful? Is it helpful? Is the soundtrack you're listening to right now, yeah, 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 that one, that one that's on repeat over and over, is it helping you at all? To be able to listen to that over and over, does it move you forward in life or does it keep you back? It's a great question. That helps you understand if it's helpful or not. Does it lead to decisiveness in your life? Or that, that soundtrack that plays, does it limit your decision-making ability? That, that soundtrack that comes and plays, does it generate in you fresh action? Or that soundtrack that comes, does it cause you to go to a place of apathy? I'm not even going to try. You see how the enemy works? Oh, man, why? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the enemy knows, I've got to get into this man's heart. I've got to get into this man's mind. And the only way I have access is the access he lets me have. And so I'll let him lie himself into lack. Lie himself into less. Lie himself into what the enemy, what I desire for his life, not what God has. Amen? The battlefield is where? It's in the mind. So is it helpful? Number three, if we're going to retire that soundtrack, we've got to ask this question. Is it kind? Is it kind? I, I know that sounds kind of all peachy and cute, but man, we're not kind to ourselves. Is the soundtrack you're listening kind to you? After you listen to that soundtrack a few times, does it make you feel better about yourself? Now, I'm not talking about, about issues of sin, okay? There should be conviction. God should place within us a conviction when we're not walking holy. And you hear in your heart, that's not right. Stop doing that. That's called the Holy Ghost, all right? That's not you just, well, the enemy just doesn't want me happy in my sin. Yes, he does. That's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you happy in your sin. He wants you to be like, whoa, this is so much fun. It's the Holy Spirit telling you. So I'm not talking about that. I'm seeing those lies that come that try to minimize who you are, try to limit, try to hold you back from the destiny God has. I told you last week that your destiny isn't determined by, by, by anything but your decisions. I know it's God that determines it, but it's our decisions in partnership with God. This is one of those decisions you've got to get squared away going into this new year is the decision to think right. Amen? And so I ask, is it kind? Are you encouraged about your life and opportunities that are coming when you hear that soundtrack over and over? Is it kind? I'll tell you, a good way to know it's a lying soundtrack, a broken soundtrack, is when it's judgmental, right? That, that's a great way to know. When, when that thing is judging, 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 there's no hope in it. There's no victory in it. It's just judgmental, judgmental. Ah, that's a cue or a clue. That, that right there could just be very well a soundtrack that needs to be retired. Soundtracks that are negative are usually judgmental. And then just think of it this way. <clears throat> if I repeatedly told a friend half the stuff I say over my own life, I wouldn't want to hang out with me. 
know what I'm saying? I, I, I would feel like there's a disintegrous quality there. Like there's, there's a tension there that, that do, do you see why the mind becomes so tense? We don't like ourselves because the way we allow ourselves to talk to ourselves. Is that crazy? Yeah. And so we've got to be able to retire those broken soundtracks in our life. That's the first thing. Number two, if we're going to retire them, how do we retire them? We replace them. So first we're going to choose what the loudest soundtrack is, and we're going to ask those things. Is it true? Is it kind? And so on. Second, we're going to ask ourselves, what do we need to replace? And so you're going to replace those broken soundtracks with new ones. In 2 Corinthians, I think it says 1 Corinthians on the screen. I may have messed that up. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 6, it speaks of this idea of replacing old arguments. It says that we're supposed to cast down vain arguments, all right? And that word cast, listen to that word. It's not something passive, right? You're not going to get your thinking straight being passive. You've got to be purposeful. I'm telling you right now in your devotional life, start working with, the G, with Jesus, with the Holy Ghost, to get your brain active and begin to cast down the vain imagination, that lie that the enemy is trying to place over your thinking, all right? Because he's not just trying to place it over your thinking. It says that thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. It's the enemy's way of trying to exalt himself yet again above the things of God. No, I know what the Lord says about me. God says, maybe you're here and you're struggling with addiction. And the Lord would say to you that you are more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. The Lord would say, I can do all things. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. The Lord would say, you are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. That's a place to shout, people. Come on. Don't you think the enemy of your heart wants you holding on to opposite truths of that? Yeah, he wants that soundtrack, that negative bias to run on play 24-7, 365. He wants you just to hear that doubt, that disbelief. Oh, nobody knows the trouble I've seen, right? He wants that just, man, I'll never overcome this. I'll never get past this. I'll never have a day like I had once. I'll never have a life like I had once. I'll never have a job like I had once. That's one of the biggest lies of the enemy. Just because he lost it all don't mean you're going to lose it all. Amen? Yeah, but he wants to make you think that. And it rises above the knowledge of God. And says we cast those thoughts down. We bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And we punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. And so we've got to turn down the voice, that, 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 that soundtrack in our life. And, and I think that's a good way of looking at it. Everybody go like, go like this. Just turn it down, all right? The reason why I think it's important to think about, I like switches. I do. Because a switch is on or it's, yeah. It's like it's, like it's, it's louder or it's off. It's, it's just, a switch is easy, you know? I just think a switch is so, but how many know these soundtracks in our life, they're not connected to a switch. They're connected to a dial. So there's just things that we go through and we end up dialing that thing up and it gets louder and louder. And as it starts to get louder, we got to recognize it quick and start to dial it down and let it get quieter and quieter and then dial up another soundtrack and get it. I was a, a DJ. Amy and I both were in school. I know it's hard for you to believe, but we were. 
WVMC, the station that loves you most. Will you rock the Amish? No. <laughs> We're from Ohio. But you would have your pots, you know, and you would dial one, and it's still playing over here. And you dial that down, and then you dial this one up, you know? That's what I'm talking about. It's not a switch. It's a dial. The goal isn't to turn it off forever because it's coming back. The enemy's not going to stop trying. The goal is to turn down the volume. It's going to get loud sometimes. That's how dials work. And so I want to challenge us that when life turns up the negative thoughts, that we make a conscious choice to turn them down, all right? And we have to go beyond that. I'm going to show you that here in a second. Because the goal isn't to stop listening forever to all our broken soundtracks. The goal is to turn them down when they get loud and turn up what God is speaking into your life. Replacing your soundtrack is about identifying what soundtracks you've been listening to, then owning the responsibility of changing what you're listening to. Taking a, a, a sense of ownership in this moment. <clears throat> and if I sat here and asked you to take a list... Write down the broken soundtracks in your life. Man, you probably could list out five or six like that. You know, I know, like I said, I can't have anything nice. You talk too much. Oh, food looks so good. I mean, I, you could probably list yours so fast, the negative ones. It's how our brains are. It's hard for us to list the positive things that we need to be speaking. It's just harder. And I'm going to give you a tool on how to do that. And like I said before, the broken soundtracks in our life, they traffic in the absolutes. Everything, nothing, you can't, forever, and so on and so on. And so with all that negativity and all those absolutes, there's something that we have got to do. And what I want you to do this week is I want you to get yourself a coin. Okay, uh, this here is one of our first responders coins that we give first responders to let them know we're praying for them. And so I want you to get yourself a coin, a quarter, a, 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 a half dollar, something, all right? And then basically keep it in your pocket because the key is flipping the track. I'm going to say it again. Don't miss it. The key is flipping the track. See, if you want to create a new soundtrack, those broken ones come to mind so easy, so let it come to mind, write it down, and then flip the track. You'll always be an addict. I flip the track. I am a conqueror. I am victorious in Jesus. Come on, somebody. You'll always be an angry husband. Or maybe I'll, let's say it this way. Anger is your go-to response. And you flip it over. I will be a person of peace. Amen? Your friends call you, and you have some names. I won't, we're in the house of God. I'm a child of the king. You know? Just flip the track. Flip, everybody say flip the track. Just literally the very opposite thing. And, and I want you to have this in your pocket, and this week, do some work. Like tomorrow in your devotional life, while you're fasting and praying, write down those three loudest soundtracks and then flip the track. What are the opposite? What does God want you to hold fast as you cast down those vain imaginations, as you punish them with the obedience of Christ? And then as you're going through life, begin practicing those. And if you have to reach in your pocket when you have that negative thought and flip it over to remind you, nope, this is the word I'm speaking over my life. 
And the truth matters, you don't have to brainstorm too much when it comes to the negative. It just comes. Those thoughts are so readily available. And so just write the negative down and everybody say, flip the track. Yeah. What would it say on the other side? Opposite to the lie the enemy wants you to hold on to. So we have seen that we need to retire those broken soundtracks. We need to replace those broken soundtracks. And number three, we need to repeat. Everybody say repeat. Yeah, you got to repeat those new soundtracks until they are as automatic as the old ones. I mean, every single person in this room, you got a coffee mug with this scripture on it or a blanket or a hat or something. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure. It doesn't sound like a negative bias, does it? It sounds like a positive bias. Whatever's lovely, commendable, excellent. If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Watch what happens. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. You can see how it works. We think, we practice, that's action, and we see the God of peace show up. That's experience. We think, we act, we experience a new reality. But we've got to take the control of that. Amen. We've got to be mindful that my mind is going to stay on those things pure. My mind's going to stay on those things holy. My mind's going to stay on those things that are honorable and that are worthy of praise. Amen. Usually what initially happens, though, when we start to have a new soundtrack, just get ready for it this week. You're going to write these down tomorrow. And by tomorrow afternoon, you're just going to hear this one word in your head. Liar. Right? You're going to hear it like liar. The truth is not in you. What happens is you feel like a liar. You're speaking this affirmation over your life, this truth, this word of promise, and you feel like it's not who you are yet. And it's weird to say things about yourself that aren't true yet. You know why? Because you've been so good for years at gathering negative evidence that backs up all those lies. Yeah, Ross, you can't have anything nice. Look at this, 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 look at this. You have all this backup evidence that is hitting you in the face, making you feel even more like a liar. <coughs> it just happened automatically. It's like your brain just knows to go there. It goes to the negative soundtrack. It starts to pull out the evidence to point to you to say that that negative soundtrack is the accurate truth over your life. And, and you know, I, again... I love this guy. I grew up as a young person reading Zig Ziglar. How many remember Zig Ziglar? Somebody said to Zig Ziglar, the stuff you teach, this positive affirmation stuff, isn't it just like fake it till you make it kind of stuff? Isn't that what you're teaching, fake it till you make it? And here's what he said, no, 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 I'm not teaching that. I'm teaching people to tell the truth in advance. Hmm. Ooh, those things God's saying over you, those promises that he says are yours, those hopes and dreams that he's birthing in you, all of those things that are coming straight from his heart, ooh, they may feel like a lie just because you're not ready for it yet, and you've been trained to pull all the negative evidence out to bolster the bias of negativity in your life, but those things that God is saying are true, they just haven't happened every shout yet. Yes. That's all it is. 
It's just truth that you're waiting on. It's truth in advance. And it's important for us to begin to establish that truth in advance because you will find what you're looking for every time. I'll say this way. You'll walk in what you're listening to every time. That's just how our, our lives are. And so every one of us in this room, there is evidence that stands against us when it comes to moving forward in life. And some of that evidence I, I, <laughs> is true. Some of that evidence is probably accurate, right? How many in this room know what, in a court system, you bring evidence so that the jury can make a decision, right? Every one of us, we carry a little jury around. It's, like, it's right down here with the pocket lint, and you, it's, it's this little pocket jury, that's just waiting at any moment. Yeah, 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 that, all of these lies are true. Pointing out all the evidence against you. And, and, and they, they, it's so easy to bolster the negative with all this evidence, you know. But God's saying to you, there's an alternate truth. God has a truth that he is working out in your life. But it's going to come by changing the soundtrack first in your life. That pocket jury shows up with a collection of broken soundtracks that judge your life whenever you dare to be more or do more than you currently are doing. And that, that, that pocket jury can come because of the criticism of, of, of past parents. It could even be strangers. It could be comments from friends. It could be pastors and things that ministry leaders said to you. You know, pastor... Um, um, Tyler came to me when he was a young man. He's, he was like maybe 22, 23. I feel called to be a pastor. I think he's about mid-30s now. He goes, I feel called to be a pastor. But he said, when I was young, I told a man that, and he said, you have no business ever being a pastor. Woo. How many love Pastor Tyler around here? Where's he at? Oh, he's teaching right now. He's been on our staff full time for four or five years. I mean, he's just, he, I just love that guy. But there was a pocket jury ready to tell him, you can't do it. You can't accomplish this. And over the last four or five years, that pocket jury has shown up. Yep, you don't have it. You this, you that, you that. When we know God has it in him, we're seeing it. We've seen God pull it out of him. Amen. But that's how the pocket jury is. It's those, those past comments and past things. It's often as reams and reams of evidence that you're not the right one to do what you're doing or think what you're thinking or experience what you're experiencing. But it's crazy. It's all these reams of evidence, but it's just small enough it can still fit in your pocket. Right? It's the pocket jury. And so to overcome the pocket jury, you got to listen, not listen to what it's saying. What you have to do is begin to listen to the new soundtrack that you put on repeat, all right, and then begin to gather evidence about what's really happening to tell yourself. That broken soundtrack you often hear is the one that will, will begin to ask you things like, who do you think you are? How many's heard that before? Who do you think you are? That's a classic pocket jury type statement, you know. And you'll find yourself asking, who am I to lead this company? Who am I to lead this family? Who am I to write this? Or who am I to manage this? Or who am I to raise these children, you know? Who am I to be anything other than what I've always been? The enemy would love for you to gather evidence against yourself. See, evidence is what convinces a jury. What I want to challenge you to do is to start building new evidence, all right? How? Put in effort. Effort is the best form of evidence there is. That new soundtrack, you're listening to it, and you're putting in effort. 
That's what Pastor Tyler did amongst all the doubts. He put an effort. I can't tell you how many times Pastor Brantley and I sat out here while he preached to us poorly. And then he started preaching really good. We did it with Brantley. Do you guys realize the first time Brantley ever preached? Charlotte, remember this? Uh, he was probably 21 years old, at least at, at Momentum. I mean, this is like 17, 18 years ago. I had somebody come up afterwards. You can't ever let him speak again. <laughs> and I told the person, I said, it's not a show that we do on Sunday. We're bringing up another generation to rise up in calling and rise up in ministry. And oh, my, my word, Pastor Brantley, whoo, that boy can preach. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Not sure where I got. Oh, effort. But man, he put the effort in. Effort is the best form of evidence. So if you have a new soundtrack that you've fallen in love with, fortify that with effort so that when the pocket jury shows up and tries to get loud, you can turn the dial down on their lies and turn the volume up on the truth. Amen? Because you got all the evidence you need because of the effort you have been putting in. Amen? And so as we finish this morning, that tool, I just want you to take that coin to this week. How many is going to get a coin today? Amen. And just during the next four weeks, during this series, I want you to keep that coin with you. And I want you tomorrow, write down the three loudest soundtracks that speak negative to you. I want you to take and flip those soundtracks. What's it look like to speak the word of life over those? What God would have you to believe? And then I want you to keep that coin. And when those soundtracks come, consciously reach in, grab that coin, flip it over, and declare what the Lord would say in the midst of that. You know what that is? That's taking responsibility. That's you being vigilant over your heart. Vigilance means to be awake, alert, all right? And in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with vigilance. I'm challenging you to keep your heart with vigilance. Why? Because from it flows the springs or the issues of life. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Yeah. Did you see how important this is? Amen. So right now, think of that one thing. I'm going to pray. Think of that one thing that's the loudest lie. The loudest negative soundtrack that goes off. Father, you see my friends, our family here. Lord, I ask that we would be those who would be truth bearers. That we would be those that would not even tolerate a lie we tell our own selves in the name of Jesus. No, no, we do not bear false witness, and we do not bear false witness against ourselves. We are truth bearers. We speak life. We speak your word. We speak what you're saying. And so in the name of Jesus, strengthen us over the next few weeks to begin to flip the track in our life. To flip the track that we might hear your word and what you desire. And that it may come to pass, not just to be a blessing to us and others, but Lord, that it would come to pass for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Give God some praise. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.